0: So while everything on the surface seemed great, and there was this amazing organization being started, and I was being recognized by the Prime Minister of Canada, the White House, the United Nations on the surface, everything was awesome on the inside, I started to realize that something was wrong. I was living this
1: lie. We're all about turning a crappy situation into something positive. quarter million
0: dollars of credit card debt. I still remember the day when no one turned up. Throw it in the garbage and start from scratch. I could give myself a chance, so I started something. I mean, I think that counts as from poop to gold.
1: (laughs) Our sponsor for this episode is our 14 day video script challenge. Yes, Yes.
2: we are sponsoring our own show.
1: Yes, we are. (laughs) Hi everyone, welcome back to From Poop to Gold. I'm Daniel Harmon, Chief Creative Officer at Harmon Brothers. My guest today is Shane Feldman. Thank you so much for having me. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Shane is is the CEO and founder of count me in which is a social entrepreneurship movement right it was an incubator actually specifically for millennials Mm -hmm. and what's crazy about this is shane you actually got this thing started when you were 13 years old just like coming into high school um, back in Canada, right? And um, is just grown into this massive thing. You've now been on, gosh, I'm going to have to l- look at it here, but you've been on Dr. Oz, Larry King, Forbes, People Magazine, um, and it looks like you've even partnered up with the Walt Disney Corporation, Google, Microsoft, on and on. And now you speak all over the place and inspire people all over. So quite the journey you've been on over the past nine, ten years. Um So tell us a little bit about that. Like how, how in the world does one at the age of 13 decide, you know what, I'm going to start count me in and it's going to be this, you probably weren't thinking at the time (laughs) it's going to be this ginormous thing, but take us a little bit uh, uh, through that origin story.
0: Sure. I mean, you hit it right there. I definitely did not think it was going to be this big thing. I didn't even have a a name for it yet. It was this unnamed idea back when I was starting high school to connect with some students in, in my school, in my community and help them connect in more meaningful for ways. Uh, smartphones were just becoming a thing. I was watching all these students roam the hallways looking down at devices instead of up at one another. And uh, and there was this this moment that I kind of realized when I was involved in clubs and volunteer projects and, you know, working on on different things that allowed me to really have human to human connection. It filled me up inside. It made me feel good and it made me forget how much I actually hated school. Okay. So it was really this idea to help more kids not hate school so much, help people do something a little more fun, a little more meaningful. Yeah. And and that was the initial idea that was born out of my locker. And then it ended up snowballing within the first year from the time I had this idea. We decided to plan this event. We were going to you know motivate people through this live event. We were going to rent out a theater. And, uh, and the goal is for 50 students to attend. And by the time the event came around, 386 students from seven different schools showed up. Wow. And that was the turning point where me and my team of friends at the time realized we were onto something. We were hitting something, tapping into something that was was resonating with people, yeah. And we we knew from the very beginning that this was going to be something maybe not massive, but certainly something bigger than our own high school, yeah. And of course, fast forward ten years, it is now the largest millennial-led movement in the world. Uh, we've we've now united ten million people across hundred and four countries, and it's been this remarkable journey over the last decade, watching it evolve and and grow into something so much bigger than me. Uh, not just you know we have a team now of forty seven people yeah. um, that that uh, and, and I. I still help run it, but it's it's so much bigger than me or any of us, right? It really is a movement, and it's been incredible watching it shift and form over the years and evolve into this this incredibly inspiring organization. What have you had to sacrifice to facilitate all this, to make this happen? I mean, this is you at 13, yeah, starting this up like <laughs> I I imagine it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work and uh, And to be honest, I kind of had to sacrifice everything. Okay. I didn't really know it at the time, but I think, you know, each day if I look back, really came with one little sacrifice, and it adds up over time, whether it's, you know, I can't hang out after school today because, you know, I need to work on this thing, or, Mm -hmm. you know, missing classes because I'm starting to travel to speak at events, even though I'm still in school. Uh, By the time I I hit college, it had grown tenfold. We we started to have, you know, we surpassed our first uh, million, right, In, Uh in terms of the number of people we were actually reaching and working with. We had to get an office. I was, you know, missing more school, missing more hangouts, and... I think I spent so much time on the business that I kind of forgot about myself. I had no self-care regimen. I wasn't. I wasn't taking care of me. I was unhealthy uh, physically, emotionally, mentally. And so there was this, this cloud of toxicity that I couldn't really identify at the time that was starting to settle in around me and and those around me. Okay. So while everything on the surface seemed great and there was this amazing organization being started and I was being recognized by the Prime Minister of Canada, the White House, the United Nations on the surface, everything was awesome on the inside by the time I hit 17, 18, 19 years old. Old, I started to realize that something was wrong because I was I was living this this lie in a sense, right? Because on the surface I was this big success story, but in the morning I didn't even want to get out of bed. Oh wow. Wow. So there were so there were definitely sacrifices. Toll. Uh-huh. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you were at a kind of an emotional low. So let's let's go into that. Where you know the theme of the podcast is from poop to gold, finding mm-hmm. those crappy situations that you're able to turn into something positive. Is that kind of is that kind of at the root of your from poop to gold moment? Is this? Oh or? yeah.
0: If I, I mean, I I believe in you know things being much more than one moment. But if I had to drill down to one particular moment, it was in 2015. So 2015, my company Count Me In hosted our largest event to date. Okay. Uh, we had a setup that rivaled the Oscars and grammys you know all, all the lights. Like. this massive oh, wow. uh, you know this massive theater filled with thousands of people we had a team of 139 on our crew and we had eight million people with viewers tuning in live from a hundred countries across the globe. Wow! So it's a massive show, massive yeah. undertaking. I was 19 Huge. at the time. 19. Yeah. I'm the one in charge. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which is absurd. Uh-huh. Right. In, in every way. Tremendous and pressure. It's a tremendous pressure, but I'm loving it because it's kind of distracting me from all those other demons I was just talking about yeah, before, right? Yeah. Because the more busy you are, the more you forget about yourself, how you actually feel. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, you know, living this amazing professional life that's distracting me from how crappy I feel. But on the inside, I'm feeling more and more isolated and more and more alone than ever mm-hmm. before. So here I am. I started this massive movement, this this huge organization. I'm leading more than hundred people on my team. And, you know, what feels like eight million people tuning in, counting on me, and I I feel like a fraud. I feel like a mess. And there was there was one particular wake-up call immediately following this broadcast, where in the span of just a month. I had this kind of pinnacle moment in my young career producing this wildly successful broadcast and what felt like immediately afterwards, I was betrayed by someone who I considered a very close friend okay. and I ended what I realized was a very toxic relationship with my boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. And both these things together immediately following this broadcast formed this, this perfect wake up call where I kind of shook myself awake and realized that something was very wrong and I couldn't ignore it anymore. Okay. And so so that, that experience, that wake up call is what really led me to run away, mm-hmm. uh, physically run away. So I'm sure we've all had those experiences where you just want to literally drop everything and run. And I physically did that. I got a plane ticket and went as far as I could. I just figured I needed you know, a, a sabbatical, a break. I needed to hit pause on my life yeah. and just reset, have a change of scenery. So I literally got a plane ticket to the other side of the world to a country <laughs> that I knew nothing about, did no research. I just got the ticket and left. Oh my gosh. So uh, Vietnam is just where I started my journey. <laughs> you right? chose Vietnam. I chose Vietnam. Uh, I literally just wanted something that was the polar opposite of my life uh-huh. at the time. I just needed to go somewhere where nobody knew me. Nobody expected anything of me. And I, exper- I, I, I expected I was going to experience some freedom from all those pressures to perform and produce and maybe figure my life out. Yeah, But I really had no idea what I was getting myself into. And I definitely didn't know that that first plane ticket was actually going to turn into a multi-year journey through 20 different countries. Okay. So what ended up happening in Uh, Vietnam was that I ended up realizing what I was missing back at home, this missing link in my life, in my work, was the sense of true community. Okay, yeah. And of course, that's why I felt so lonely. That's why I felt so isolated. I had no meaningful connection with anyone around me. I was totally cut off, as so many people are in our very individualized culture in North America. Yeah. Even if you work for a company that doesn't physically have cubicles, we have a very cubicalized society, Mm -hmm. right, where we're living very individual lives, and what I found in Southeast Asia was this sense of true, visceral, natural community where people hooked out for one another. You know, people were coming up to me asking if I was alone just because they wanted me to join them, not because they wanted anything of, from me.
1: And you didn't know that going into no it No idea. All. You were just I like, just, I just give just me a vacation, world. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. I just like need yeah. an escape,
0: need something else. I figured maybe a few weeks, right? Maybe a month mm-hmm. just to kind of get my head on straight. I did not expect it to be a couple of years. Yeah. And this unplanned, what turned into an unplanned research trip through 20 different countries where I was literally researching community and human behavior, because now that I had my answer to what was missing back at home and with my company, now that I realized why I felt like crap, now that I realized why, you know, we had such high turnover at the time, now that I had my answer, I'm a total nerd. So I felt this need to just explore it, learn everything I could about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's what I've now spent the the last few years doing. I've been all in focusing on what it means to build community, how companies can do that. And, uh, And that's now what I do when I speak. I not only share the kind of origins of Count Me In and how it's grown into this massive movement, but all the practices that I've picked up from the most successful people I've met around the world and how they build a more rich sense of community so any company can better attract, empower, and retain not only the best high-performing staff, but also the most loyal customers because we're all human. We all need that sense of connection and community, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So for those of us that can't run away to Asia, (laughs) what what would you say are some of the best readings, some of the best books you've read on this particular subject?
0: You know, I wish there was one. If there oh, was a okay. book, I may have traveled less. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there are some great books that I that I love. Um, Drew Dudley, a dear friend of mine, has a, a, a new book out, National Wall Street Journal bestseller. It's phenomenal, called This is Day One. Um, and and it kind of breaks down how you can build a value-based culture, which to me is the foundation. Because if you don't know your own personal values, your organization values, you're going to have a hard time connecting with other people. Yep. Uh, and Alex Benayan, another excellent friend of mine, wrote uh, The Third Door. Okay. Which is kind of if, 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 uh... This is day one. Is step one. Step two would be the third door because that really helps you realize how you can push through the boundaries and make something happen. Once you know yourself and know where you are and, and what you want, what your values are, it kind of tells you how to actually make good on it. But as far as community building, I mean, there are there are all sorts of different little pieces within other people's books. Whether you read Simon Sinek or Brené Brown, like they mm-hmm. touch on it. But if you want to dive deep into it, I mean, that that's probably why I have a job. That's probably why I speak because it's something that I think. You really need to feel Mm -hmm. it's something that when you're in a room with other people you can walk through the steps and you know i share strategies on stage about how you can actually start building those more meaningful connections right now
1: yeah that's fantastic so let's talk just a little bit about count me in sure so for someone say a millennial that's wanting to wanting to dive in and get involved in some way like it, it, go through the process a little bit of what count me in does for them what what, what resource does resources do,
0: does it provide how, how does someone jump in and, and get started so count me in has a variety of, of programs and initiatives both in person and online we have a robust video library think of it as kind of like a, a ted style video library but okay. specifically geared towards the younger generation helping them pick something off off the ground pick something up off the ground um, so we have a, a free video library online. Uh, we have a, a digital curriculum for high schools okay. uh, to help them start to, to incorporate these kind of entrepreneurial values and skills into their students. And then we have uh, an incredible online mentorship program. Okay. So that's really neat. So we actually we have speakers that go out and, and tour schools and communities primarily in in Canada and America, but we're starting to move internationally as well with that with that in-person program. Uh, and then students have access to a mentor. We call them legacy coaches okay. on our team and these people actually coach these these students through starting their own project their own initiative in their community that somehow celebrates community brings their community together and then has you know a, a sustainable model so it can actually whether it's you know earn profit or support a cause or raise awareness for something something that, that has some sustainability to it oh so there's a variety oh, cool. of programs and if you if you google count me and if you look up the count me and movement you can find there's kind of a whole slew of stuff and depending on where you live what state or country you're in you can find the program programs or projects that are applicable to you.
1: So not just something for them to get involved in and feel like they're making a change, but also trying to teach them good business skills. Absolutely. That can be sustainable over time.
0: Sure. I mean, the best charities out there are businesses. Yep. Right. And I, I don't mean that to sound dirty. I mean it's, no. it's so important yeah. when you focus on the sustainability uh, sustainable model. Yep. And uh, you know build something that can support itself. I think there's great beauty in social enterprises. Yep. Right. I think it would be incredible if we moved in a way where we didn't even need charities anymore right. or nonprofits, where we can just have all these amazing profitable companies that are donating one, two, five percent of their bottom line to these amazing causes. Right. If we have people planet profit across the board, we won't need charities to advocate for saving our oceans or forests or reducing poverty. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's that sustainability aspect is so critical when it comes to the way a charity fo- functions, sure. because otherwise, it's just always looking for the next donation rather than actually figuring out stuff that's going going to work more over time. Right. So you are obviously a creative person, feels like. <laughs>
0: that, I feel that way, <laughs> yeah, for sure.
1: Um, where do where do you feel like your creative ideas flow? What what times and places? How mm. how do you get yourself into that state of mind where Th- those ideas are
0: coming? So I feel very connected with nature. Okay. Nature is my canvas in a way. That is where I come up with my best ideas when I'm on a walk and my phone is turned off or yeah. not even in my pocket at all. And I'm just kind of where I'm at, even if it's in a city, you know, concrete jungle, a real jungle, walking around, getting the juices flowing outside that that is kind of that's that's my Mecca. You would love and, you know, Utah. Uh, I do love there's, Utah. There's, I do love Utah. It's great. It's all those great oh, places to hike it's and It's beautiful. Stuff, yep. And also, I mean, I am i feel very fortunate. I get to travel a lot for for work. I mm-hmm. speak around the world. So I'm on about 100 flights a year, uh, which means two things. One, I plant an absurd number of trees to help offset my footprint every year. Uh-huh. And also, I spend a lot of time unplugged from technology gazing out a window at, at the sky from above. Mm. And that is one of the strongest most visceral meditative practices that i have on uh, and i'm typically there's rarely a week that i'm not in the sky at least once so it's typically at least a weekly practice uh, and and i literally will just gaze out the window at at the sky and the clouds as i'm soaring through this magical box in the air at 30,000 mm-hmm. feet and brainstorm and you know exercise my imagination that, mm-hmm. that so many of us lose when we're a kid and you know just just try and let things flow and i think what's nice about being 30,000 feet in the air, similar to being immersed in nature without a phone in my pocket, is that I won't turn on the Wi-Fi on a plane, so I really am unplugged. And it's kind of the one place where nobody could argue with you for not Responding to an email or picking up your mm-hmm. your phone. It's like, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, I was on a flight, and everyone's understanding, yep. right? Of course. Yep. So it's 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 a place where I can really give myself permission to just be with myself, to practice self care, and to just explore the depths of my own mind.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I need to try that more because too often I'm like shutting the window <laughs> and then like either going to sleep or like turning on a movie or something like that. But yeah, I need just to. Fine, just find sometimes, look yeah. but yeah,
0: try try it once. Yeah, you know, it it really is special. I think a lot of people, you know and and no fault of their own take it for granted and i think it's amazing to look out the window and realize the miracle of the fact that you are literally soaring through the air we're flying mm-hmm. it's it's incredible and so i like to honor that
1: so some th- some similarities we see between the with the different people that we interview on this podcast about how they come up with creative ideas, like you mentioned, being able to set aside the phone is mm-hmm. a big part part of it. Sure. But just a break from the normal, and whether that comes in the form of a nature walk of some kind, or like you said, a concrete walk out in in some sort of a um, urban jungle, but um, being able to like separate yourself from the norm, it sounds like it's a big key part of it. And obviously, a flight is just another aspect of that. Absolutely. Okay, so. You do a lot of networking, right? You, um, in this job, I'm assuming you've, you get to know a lot of people and stuff. What are, what are some of your go-to principles when it comes to getting to know other people and networking?
0: Sure. I don't know if I'm a good networker. I like building relationships, Okay, but networking, I don't know the, I'm, I'm very introverted. So hearing that word just makes me start sweating. Uh, (laughs) But building relationships, I, I always try and practice at least twice as much listening as speaking. So that's that's, good. <laughs> that's pretty much. I if, if I were to share kind of like one networking hack, it would it would be that because when we show up and we just want to listen to other people and and listen to listen, not listen to respond. There's a difference. You can feel oh, yeah. it when someone's listening. You know, to come up with the next great thing to say versus just actually being there, present, hearing you. When you're that person. People are going to like you more because they hear their own voice more. Mm-hmm. So it's a great sales tactic, too. And the best salespeople know this, right? When you let someone else talk way more in a meeting or on the phone, they're going to like you more yeah. because they're hearing their own voice. And we all like our own voice. So, yeah. I mean, that's something that I always practice whenever I can, uh, just, just really being there, being present and, and listening, never looking over the shoulder, trying to find someone else to talk to, just kind of soaking in whatever the person is saying right in front of me and, and honoring them.
1: Is that something you've had to practice or has that come naturally to you?
0: I think a bit of both. Okay. I think, you know, as I have grown and learned and evolved over the last few years and, you know, found my sense of community and and become much stronger community builder myself, I've, I've learned a lot. And, and one of the keys that I've taken away is the importance of listening and how leadership doesn't begin with thinking. It, it really begins with listening. And so I think now it's become something that's that is in part natural, but something that I still need to practice and I've yet to meet anyone who doesn't need to practice it. Mm -hmm. I think listening very much is a practice. It's not a skill. It's not something you kind of need to acquire. You can study for it's something that you need to practice just like any sport like yoga. Like You could get good at it but it's still a practice. Yeah.
1: It's it's a muscle that needs to be exercised, right? right? Repeat that again, because you said something really key.
0: You said leadership isn't... Leadership doesn't begin with thinking. Leadership begins with listening. Love that. Love that. That's awesome. And as a CEO, I consider myself a leading learner within the organization. And I credit that with almost all of our success. You know, yeah. Some of the greatest ideas have come from interns who were empowered to speak up and share their ideas in the first place.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Like gives me goosebumps just to hear <laughs> just to hear you that. say that. But no, I, I I, know that feeling of getting into the trap of mm-hmm. like, oh, I have to be thinking cutting edge. I have to be just, you know, future visioning mm-hmm. everything when really, like you said, you're surrounded by really smart, awesome people around you. And if you can do a really good job of listening to them, you collect all sorts of great ideas and much more diverse perspective mm-hmm. than just your own train of thought. Of
0: course. And it takes a team, right? Because then you're honoring those around you. If you think you're the smartest one in the room and you think you're the only one that's innovative, that's creative, that's going to come up with the next breakthrough idea, then why are you surrounded by a team? Why do you have a team? You should be, you know, in an entrepreneur office of one. Yeah. And I wouldn't wish that upon anyone. I think no matter what you're doing, you should be surrounding yourself with other people. Even if you are running a business of one, surround yourself with with mentors and, you know, colleagues, other people, you know, it's we are living in an age of co-working spaces, right? And when we're listening to other people, we're going to find the next best idea the next best idea is never going to come from you right now don't kid yourself kick your ego to the curb Mm -hmm. right it's not going to come from you you got to listen
1: yeah i love that that's awesome all right shane um i'm gonna see if i can stump you with something because you see you seem hard to be stumped (laughs) No, no for for someone that's wanting to jump in and make an impact um whether that be through some sort of you know entrepreneurship project or um Gosh, even even I'd say um, millennials, obviously they can go to Count Me In, which is a really good resource. But if you're going to say kind of life principles to abide by... Um, you see where I'm going with this a little bit? Where where would you say, like, if if you're going to make it, and especially particularly if you're going to make it in the sense of, like, not just going and fit, fitting into some cookie cutter mold somewhere, mm-hmm. but you're going to go out and you're going to create something of your own and you're going to guide something and you're going to be that person kind of like you have, what do they need? What do they need to make that work? Like, what, what would be maybe three things that come to mind to really center yourself on to drive that forward?
0: Okay. Well, the first is community. Okay. Right. Consider yourself a community builder. And, you know, whether you are, you know, someone that's just getting started, you've, you're a recent grad, or if you're, you know, a, an executive at a company right now, it doesn't matter. You are a community builder. Okay. I don't care if you are in a startup mode, HR, sales, marketing, doesn't matter. Consider yourself a community builder because our job is to connect with people, Love it. right? To create an environment where people feel empowered to perform at their best or have a strong enough connection to the brand to make a purchase. Okay. And not just now, a week from now, a month from now, a year from now, right? So be a community builder, focus on building that sense of community, that would absolutely be number one. Uh, number two, I think we're living in an age of the hustle. Okay. I think a lot of people are, you know, infatuated by this hustle. You feel like you need to work 20 hours a day. And, you know, you hear certain very vocal people online and on, on the media talking about this hustle. And I think it's BS. I really do. I really do. I think if we if we read into that too much, we're gonna end up having a burnout generation. Okay. Where people are getting sick more than ever and we're already seeing it. Yeah. Where we're people already are seeing disconnecting that. from their families more than ever. We're already seeing it, right? And I think when we... When we focus too much on the hustle, we lose our sense of self. And you may have an amazing year or two years or even five years, but it's not gonna have longevity. We're talking about sustainability, right? Yep. It's just as important with ourselves.
1: And this is your first hand experience as well, obviously. Abs- mm-hmm. Of course. Mm-hmm. Of course.
0: You know, I remember what it was like to go to bed literally falling asleep on my laptop. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, you know, once in a blue moon occurrence. This was a regular occurrence. Yeah. No wonder I couldn't foster healthy relationships with people, yeah. right? Truly. So I think we need to kind of kick this idea of the hustle to to the side and just make sure we're honoring ourselves we're building healthy boundaries you know i'm not don't confuse that with motivation stay motivated you mm-hmm. know do your work you know get it done push yourself but but you know your limits yep. and don't put yourself too far right yep. sleep eat yep. see your doctor so you know start with community building don't get infatuated with the hustle. And what's a good third one? I think a lot of people get really sucked into comparing themselves and their story to others, and not just others, but other people's highlight reels. You know, with Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever social medias you subscribe to, yeah, we see these highlight reels, the right? We see reels. like the best moments of someone's day, someone's business. You don't see the hard stuff, yeah, right? Like I was not Instagramming my heartbreak or my loneliness, right. or like, that. It's not like who does that. Yep. nobody. yeah. So I think that we all need to take a little step back from our social media consumption. Or even at the very least while we're on social media, recognize the fact that we are seeing highlight wheels. Right. Do not compare what you're going through to people's you know, just best the highlights. Stuff. Exactly. Just the best micro moments mm-hmm. that someone is photoshopping mm-hmm. from their day. Yep. So I think I think those are three really key things for anyone, not just for your professional success, but but personally.
1: Yeah. Really good advice. I'm thank glad you. I asked the question now. Me too. <laughs> you didn't me too. get stumped. No, made <laughs> me think, no, no, it, made was me think. Really it was good. good. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for for taking time to come on. And thank you all for tuning in and listening. Um, It's been a pleasure to have you on, Shane. Best of luck going forward with Count Me In. It sounds amazing.
0: I appreciate
1: it. And um, we want to make sure that you go ahead and subscribe, like, follow, do all that good stuff, and we'll see you on the next one.
2: As entrepreneurs and small businesses, we all kind of reach that point where we know we've created something awesome and we want to share it with the world, right? Mm -hmm. And it's that very next step that can oftentimes be really intimidating or really scary or you just don't know where to go next, right? And the beautiful thing about this 14 day script challenge is you get your hand held from okay, you have this cool product. Now let's go research and find the exact way to present it and message it to the world in a way that resonates and gets people excited and they're ready to swipe their credit card and purchase. And in the 14 day script challenge, you get the opportunity to go through that step-by-step with our writers who have done it dozens and dozens of times. You actually watch us go through each of the
1: steps ourselves and create it with a real client, a real product, and um, it's
2: a real campaign that's out there that's been very successful. That's right. And the feedback that we've had on this thing has just been phenomenal. I mean, we get comment after comment and emails flowing in from people all over the world who have just uh, raved about the impact that this has had on their business. People tell us over and over again, it is just a huge value punch for the investment
1: for this 14 day script challenge and, and really gave them the tool set they needed to walk through it and make it happen.
2: And we've had dozens of students who have successfully taken the challenge, written their script, launched their ad campaigns, and driven success for their business. It's pretty amazing. For more information, go to hbros.co
1: script. That's H-B-R-O-S c o slash script.